Wake up, let's talk sports. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for listening to the lead off heard here every Saturday morning. I'm Ashton. This is Tony. Hey, go ahead and grab your favorite cup of coffee, hot tea, or energy drink. Speaking of energy drink, I pull mine back here so I can uh, reach it during the show. Let's get into a full hour of sports, uniforms, betting. What else we got today? We got a, we got a full slate of full fun things to talk about. Yeah, we are here to get you ready for your sports weekend. Let's just jump out there. Overnight news in the NBA. Uh, the Players Association and the NBA have agreed to a new CBA. Uh, so no need to next season start out with a lockout or any sort of disruption. Uh, but so a, a couple of key rules here that have changed. It's a new seven-year CBA. And uh, something that just kind of came up a few weeks ago, at least in the public eye, it's something I think everybody can get on board with. Maybe not the players necessarily, but now players must play 65 games to be eligible for yearly awards. Uh, really speaking to the level of rest and load well, management. The players have, and players and, and NBA alike have all caught a lot of heat and backlash in you know recent months. But you know even in the past few years. Uh, there's been a lot of backlash on players sitting and resting games. And, you know, th- it reminds me, go back to a quote of Kobe Bryant had was no matter how sore or tired he was, that he was going to play because what if someone saved up everything they had to come see him play and he sat out a game? And I think that's, I've always remembered that. And I know that it comes up a lot when this talk comes up of players sitting and resting and you know LeBron wants to be the GOAT but he sits out you know five percent of his games just because just to rest in the season not due to injury or anything else or Mm -hmm. so I I think this and this even would keep you know I always think of okay well these guys aren't going to rest you but you see them injured a lot but there's really doesn't apparently seem to be anything wrong with them you know are they just putting an injury report together so they can get some downtime this would eliminate that as well yeah, and uh, going back to the point of people saving up everything they have to go to games, because it's expensive to go to NBA games, especially when the Lakers are in town, when the Brooklyn Nets, when they had the big three, are in town, mm-hmm. Boston Celtics, Miami Heat, when it was LeBron and D-Wade. Uh, and I think the NBA and the owners kind of had already had an agreement where don't sit your star player when it's prime time game, when it's a great matchup. But then again... When it's a great matchup, those are the teams that are already doing good. I mean, when you play the Indiana Pacers when they're having an off year, the Minnesota Timberwolves when they're having an off year, that's when everybody comes to the game to see LeBron, to see uh, Giannis. Mm -hmm. And that's that's when they're spending all that money. That's when it costs more. And when those players sit out those games, it becomes an issue. I know I went to a a Laker game last year. Uh, I didn't have to pay for it. Luckily, that's that's just the business we live in. But I went, and I'd never been to a Laker game. We missed the complete. We we got there an hour early and still missed the first quarter, just trying to park there in downtown Dallas. Yeah. Uh, but LeBron didn't play, and I thought, oh, that kind of sucks. But I didn't pay for my tickets. I didn't have to pay for parking. I didn't have to do any of that. Uh, but I can imagine the amount of because yeah, I, I, what a normal ticket to just just any game, at least for the Dallas Mavericks, probably twenty bucks. Without a deal or a special night or whatever, $20, uh, a cheap ticket. 
that for that ticket I checked that night, it was eighty dollars. Like spent eighty dollars would get would probably get you in the lower level at most games. So I can only imagine you have a family of four. You yeah. take your kid. Forget about food. Parking is probably about twenty dollars if you can't find it cheaper and walk a mile. Uh, it's a big deal. Yeah. And I think that's what the NBA's side of it is. I, I don't know that the teams necessarily care that much. Nobody's going to stop supporting certain teams because they save up all this money. They buy their tickets in advance. No, and they're I going to just, the game regardless. You know, it it becomes tough. I mean, especially if you're going to do this for your kids or your family. Yeah. You would do that. I mean, I had the luxury years ago when uh, LeBron was in Cleveland and they came to Dallas. I was able to take my son to that game. So we, and we were able to get tickets that were lower and we were able to see LeBron up close. And that really is an exciting thing to know that you're seeing greatness and you could say, yes, I got to see him play in person. And he really is what he says he is. Yeah. You know, so this is good. This is good for basketball. I think this helps the fans. I don't know that they were hurting because of this, but this sure keeps them from being in a position where they may lose fans or fans may be disgruntled. So will the players care that much about the season awards? I'm sure well, they cared before, so but now going... I think all that equates to money for them. Yeah. You know, their their contracts typically are based on success and reaching certain milestones. And I absolutely think that this, I this think, affects their, uh, their I think more money. than anything, the NBA awards hold, I want to say greater value, but you see them used a lot more. In the <clears throat> LeBron versus Michael Jordan case, you bring up how many MVPs he has, how many defensive player of the year awards he has. Yeah, uh, It's great in the NFL, but I think being all NBA one team or just all NBA team in general, uh, sound you put that on a resume more than you would uh, defensive player of the year maybe in the NFL. I mean, obviously MVP is the big one in any sport, yeah. but all these secondary awards, I think, hold more. You don't water think about it in the NFL. You don't think about any award other than the MVP. And until you win multiple. You know, like Aaron Donald's won multiple defensive player of the years. You're talking about Micah Parsons, mm-hmm. uh, Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. When you get to greatness at the end, that's when they talk about it. But in general, you don't. But to make NBA NBA all first team or second team, you know those those are is a big deal. attainable goals for even rookies. You know, young yeah. guys that you know guys that aren't necessarily the stars, but they could have a really good season and work themselves into that, and that that could catapult their career and their future in as far as the money side goes, because they they have that on their resume that they can say, hey, this is what I've done. Yeah, uh, they've also uh, approved an in-season NBA tournament that would affect the postseason. Uh, they haven't said when it might start, but it definitely uh, will be coming possibly as early as next season. Not a whole lot of information on what this NBA tournament will entail if they just take all thir- uh, all 30 teams uh, and do one plan, do... Or just do, you know, like a bracket, do round robin. Uh, I would assume the champion of this tournament would get a guaranteed spot in the playoffs. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure how that worked. They haven't had a lot of information about it. I'm sure that's why they said it could I wouldn't come be this early. opposed to seeing them eliminate the playoffs and just do, use your season to seed you. Yeah. And all 30 teams line up and play each other in a bracket style, March Madness style play. Mm-hmm. And... See who win. You know, you get a what two four four week stretch you could run, 
with this tournament and man that would be a lot of fun i'm trying you to know, think you could of, do series they wouldn't have to be one game eliminations but i'm trying you could to do think of different series. comparisons uh just for american sports uh i know the premier league does something similar to this i don't know if it's in season so i guess during the middle of the season somewhere near the all-star break or just smack dab in the middle you just maybe they do this instead of the all-star all the festivities of the all-star game they just have an all-star game or just say hey you're an all-star um yeah, I don't, I don't know how this would look, and I don't think they really know yet. They just came to an agreement that they're going to do something in the near future. Uh, and yeah, it's it seems, I don't know, at some point you get gimmicky. And it's like when, you know, the MLB is adding so many teams. And it's like, at yeah. what point do you are you adding too many teams? Yeah. You know that in the NBA when you added the play-in. That's why you get them You're not just... playing 65 games a year. That's why they have to make that a minimum yeah uh, because you know when half of your league or over half 16 teams make it out of 30 teams when over half of your league's going to make it uh and then you have the play in so that's four more teams so you're talking about 20 out of 30 teams at least getting into some form of the postseason yeah some opportunity i mean that's why i think what would be the problem with running like march madness yeah you play through your season let everybody, maybe you shorten the regular season slightly. And have more games. And you have tournament. more tournament games and give everyone a shot at it. And you can do play series. And yeah, the season would only be for seeding purposes, just like the NCAA runs You're there. basically saying, it, it, doing that, the NBA would be basically saying, we don't care about our regular season games, which can be okay. You're 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 taking down less, regu making less regular season games, but then... You're having teams like right now, the Orlando Magic, uh, LA Clippers are doing good right now. Oklahoma City, actually, they're, they're, would they're it, right would in it the set you up to, But it seems playing meaningful basketball. Would it? Would it? That's what I was going to say. Does it set you up where teams wouldn't tank or be in a rebuild, where they would constantly be striving to get better? That's something just because of the opportunity. Because anything can happen, just like we've seen in the NCAA. That's something with the playing tournament that they wanted mm -hmm. is. They have a more active trade deadline because more teams that are close uh, are in it. Yeah. And, and some years it, it's less active because there are less teams willing to sell, yeah. depending on where the superstars are. But uh, teams that are, hey, I'm only three games out of that 10 spot, but I'm six games out of the eight spot. You know, in general, yeah. they're much closer unless it's, it's, unless it's the West. Everybody but the Houston Rockets are still in it right now. Well, they didn't ask our opinions. They know where to find us if they do. Uh, jumping, we'll just stay in, uh, in basketball and move to the Final Four. Uh, we'll go with the women's first. Just, just going to mention it. South Carolina, huge upset. They lose to Iowa. Their undefeated, undefeated season is over. This is their first loss since March of last year. An entire calendar year without losing a game. Huge favorites to win it all. Loses in the semifinals to Iowa last night. Uh, they will be playing LSU on Sunday. Yes, Sunday, tomorrow. Um, That's a good LSU team. In the in the championship. The first LSU team, men or women's, to make it to a final. It's an interesting stuff. Yeah. I, I thought, yeah. I mean, LSU is in a huge basketball powerhouse mm -hmm. on the men's side. But you think the years when Shaq was there, like, yeah, it, it's weird to think they've never been to a final. Uh, moving to the men's side, San Diego State versus Florida Atlantic this evening. It's the first ever five versus nine in the Final Four. 
I guess technically it'd be the first ever five versus, well, no, five versus nine, I guess, can play in each tournament, uh, each of their own brackets. But yeah, yeah, Final Four. Final Four, five versus nine. So you're going to have uh, a huge Cinderella story, at least in the finals, uh, San Diego, in San Diego State or Florida Atlantic. Yeah. Uh, and then on the other side, you have UConn versus Miami. Um, in general, that would probably be kind of like uh, not quite Cinderella. But when you're comparing it to San Diego State, uh, San Diego State, yeah. Florida Atlantic, it seems like a powerhouse matchup. Yeah, I mean, UConn, UConn is a team, what, in the 90s, 2000s, you would see them, they would make good runs, they had good basketball teams. Um, yeah, Miami, you know, they're a par team, I would say. You know, so that's not as surprising, you you know, they're more, but, I mean, Florida Atlantic, that's, that is a Cinderella team. Yeah. You know, they, they look up, they win two games, and, oh, they're playing the second weekend of the tournament. They win two yeah. more games. Now they're in the final four. You know, they're in Houston at whatever they're calling this stadium now, the Texans, the Reliant Stadium or NRG or I, I don't know. Yeah, I think what. it's NRG now. Yeah, I still think of it as Reliant. But, you know, you, you look up and you're playing in the final four, you know, as a nine seed. Now, it would make it even better if they were facing an Alabama or one of these top teams. But now they're facing another, what I would say would be a Cinderella type team is San Diego State. They're I mean, fifth seed. You usually don't but, think of five seeds who, as no one, but it's San Diego State. Anybody outside of a student at San Diego State probably did wouldn't pick a bracket for San Diego State to make it. To the I had them four. losing in the first round in my bracket. <laughs> that's just because I always pick a twelve to beat a five, and that's just the the matchup I picked. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're not a power five team in no. the Mountain West. Yeah. And and that's interesting. Another thing you just think of San Diego State, Florida Atlantic. That, you know, basketball is a little different and, you know, you're talking power five status, but I'd have to go back and look. When's the last time you had a final four matchup that didn't involve a power five? Yeah. Uh, school. A, a power yeah. five school. Now it may be more common than you think. I mean, you have Big East teams. Big East isn't is it considered a power five. Yeah. I mean, and if you look through the stat line, I, I tend to think that Florida Atlantic's going to be favored in this matchup. Uh, I mean, they they're shooting twenty eight percent from the field, where San Diego State is only averaging twenty five from the field. Uh, three pointers, they're thirty seven percent from the field. Uh, San Diego State's only at thirty five. I mean, th there's there's a huge swing here. I think for Florida Atlantic, I think they're favored in this matchup. They probably are. It's again a five versus nine. Florida Atlantic being a nine seed, you wouldn't favor. I mean. Vegas has San Diego State versus UConn being uh, the championship game. But then again, San Diego State's only really favored by two and a half points right now. Yeah. But what's two and a half points in a basketball game? Yeah. As is, uh, if you get much more, I know when they start talking about seven or eight points, it's it's considered a blowout when you're in terms of betting and favorites. But that's nothing, especially when you're talking about uh, – I, th I think we're looking at a closer matchup between Miami and UConn. Stat-wise, stat lines, I, I think um, I think these guys, they go back and forth in the stat lines. I think that's going to be a really good game. Um, and you could actually watch that game tonight, you know, uh, on ESPN, I guess it is. Is that what they're... 
Probably CBS, actually. Yeah, That's... being the Final Four. Yeah. I mean, Dan Hurley, UConn coach. <clears throat> but both of those games. It's definitely his first Final Four coaching. I mean, this was the first year he'd won a tournament game, and then he was kind of on the hot seat there for a while. And yeah. Then breaking through and making it to the Final Four. What's interesting here is the... I, I read a stat that if you would have placed a $20 bet on this final four matchup, these these four teams, if you placed a twenty dollar bet, you would have made four point four million dollars. If you would have bet this. that this would have been the final four matchup, you'd probably be banned from casinos. They <laughs> yeah, would, they would, uh, they wouldn't, they would be digging would into be the NCAA for fixed the, games. The, the they would Fed be looking would... into the referees for fixing games. Uh, and, and we can get into that at a different episode on. Uh, people thinking that sports gambling is, gambling is kind of ruining it, that you're yeah. going to have things like this happening. But a lot of the handicappers, I almost called them bookies. They're not bookies. Bookies would be the illegal ones. Uh, handicappers are saying, no, that's not a problem because they're the ones that they can see it a mile away yeah. when weird bets or the, there's an increase in weird bets. Yeah. Uh, but, hey, if you are into sports betting, maybe you need a little help. Maybe you're new to the sports gambling arena. You need to check out Betlytics. The Bet, uh, or the Betalytics. The Betalytics dashboards allow you to quickly identify the top-graded best bets and hottest trends. Just go to betalytics.com to start betting smarter today. The link is down below. And real quick, I know we were going to jump into the thread. Let's talk, I, I wanted to talk about this. Uh, a little bit going into the NBA draft here in a few weeks. Uh, yeah, dang, it's already April. It is. De it's definitely yeah. coming up on us. Uh, <clears throat> just a, just a couple of points. I know the Panthers. Now they have the number one pick. Obviously, they've narrowed down their pick to either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. I know they're going to bring uh, a lot of the top players in to work out with them in the next couple of weeks. Um, I know for a while they're talking about Anthony Richardson possibly, which I thought was a terrible pick because they probably could have gotten him where they were. They didn't have to trade all the way to number one pick, but now yeah. it's coming out. It's down to CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. Um, personally, for me, I think you got to go Bryce Young. I know there's, uh, I say issues. The only only knock on him is his height. <clears throat> it's his height. And uh, I personally think. Uh, CJ Stroud's going to go in the top five, possibly top two. Uh, it's just with me, it's hard to pick a quarterback who's from Ohio State, but somebody from Ohio State, USC, one of the power, power football schools who hasn't, I mean, who has all the talent around him, who doesn't necessarily see the best defenses uh, game in and game out because they're playing a lot of. <laughs> Miami of Ohio or something. Like yeah, a, I don't know if Ohio State plays. It's kind of like a Duke men's basketball player transitioning to the NBA. Yeah. They just I'll, don't come in as superstars like you thought they would, like they, they dominate in college. Yeah. They come out to be very solid players, but not the stars. Not like what you're saying here. Can C.J. Stroud be this franchise quarterback and take the Panthers all the way? Uh, comparing, I just compared it to Justin Fields, another Ohio yeah. State quarterback who – I remember watching him in the semifinals going against Trevor Lawrence and Clemson, making some of the best throws I've ever seen. It was outrageous, athletic, accurate throws. 
And then, I mean, playing for the Chicago Bears, not a whole lot of help there. They have gotten him help for, uh, moving forward this upcoming year. But that's exactly what I'm talking about. You go from all the talent in the world around you to none of the talent, and not a lot of quarterbacks can can hold that out. And that's why they're not talking about C.J. Stroud like they talked about Trevor well, Lawrence. I know Bryce Young's going to go in the top. I don't know if he's the number one overall. Do you have a number one overall quarterback at 5'10 being picked? I mean, at a sub-six-foot quarterback being picked number one overall? I mean, obviously things have changed when you talk <clears> about <throat> Drew Brees. Russell Wilson, I don't know exactly how tall he is, but he's one of the shorter quarterbacks. Um, It's hard because you know Bryce Young. I mean, going back to the same point I made with C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young goes uh, Alabama, all the talent around him, wins a Heisman. The next year they lose a lot of talent, and he doesn't miss a beat. Yeah. So, uh, I think for G- even playing at Alabama, though, there is a huge transition from the NCAA and the NFL. The speed of the game it is different. So, can he make that transition? I mean, for me, and you, you hear this from a lot of NFL teams, they're, a lot of them have a hard time putting franchise money and franchise picks on sub six foot quarterbacks i mean a drew Brees. you say yeah he was small but and i think he's still he's a six foot guy uh you know you're talking about cj strad six three bryce young's five ten you know i i mean the texans need anything they can get i think is an over one a number one overall pick i think cj stroud's the pick for the panthers i think it's a done deal there so what's the main issue with shorter quarterbacks well you have Offensive linemen that are all that, six that, four six five. That, it's that's the, the main thing. So how tall? I, I don't have this information in front of me. Like I'm trying to to put anybody on the <clears> spot <throat> or say, hey, this is my proof. But how tall are the linemen at Alabama? You think they're at Alabama? Every single one of those are probably NFL players. The the thing is, you have to look at from the college perspective is is that these guys are system players. Mm-hmm. You know, have we seen? I mean, outside of a Jalen Hurts, have we really seen an Alabama quarterback come out and be the same thing? Are they been dominant? You know, Tua, I would say, I don't think he's the answer in Miami. I don't think he's everything they try to make him out to be. Uh, They're sure running with him, and they're going to try to make it happen. You know, and you could even argue that Hurts, Jalen Hurts, you know, maybe going to Oklahoma really helped him. That was quarterback you. You know, they've put out some outstanding quarterbacks in the past. Yeah. That maybe that was a huge asset to him to leave Alabama and go there and help develop his game to prepare him for the NFL. Now, not taking anything away from Jalen Hurts, he's an outstanding, probably on track to be one of the best quarterbacks to play in this league. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Alabama, I mean, even going back, A.J. McCarron. But then again, Alabama hasn't had a quarterback projected to go this high or projected to be a star as much as Bryce Young has been projected. Uh, either way, I think we both agree it's going to be C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, 1-2, you know, no particular order. It's going to be one of those two. Houston, um, I, th- I think, takes whatever, whichever one doesn't get picked number one overall. Um, a lot of different mock drafts are coming out recently than, uh, that have been different than previous ones even saying maybe the top five picks are quarterbacks. I could see that. I think the... One with Hendon Hooker going five, which I think is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I think Hendon Hooker is a, is a top, maybe I, number two, I, uh, second round. I think with pick. the Lamar Jackson mess going on there, 
with the Ravens. I think they pick Anthony Richardson yeah. at uh, number four. And then at five, you know, I think the Seahawks may take a run at Jalen Carter. I think he does stay in the top five. Uh, and, yeah, and that was the other thing is Jalen Carter's been dropping in mock drafts. Uh, obviously, issues that he did plead no contest, misdemeanor charges of reckless driving. Uh, that case is done. It's dropped, or not dropped, but it's over. It's done with. Nothing else is going to come from that. And he did struggle at Georgia's Pro Day, which helped him. I mean, didn't help, but it it forwarded him more to drop in the draft. And right now, projected by most people to go to top 10, maybe top 11. I think I think Seattle, I think that helps to solidify as they're rounding out their defensive line. Yeah. I think he's going to help solidify their defensive line. That they're I think have the build. Eagles have two first-round picks, and they have a number 10. They have the number 10 pick. Yeah. They, they, I could see the Eagles taking him. Um, you know, I so, think they probably, if, if he falls into the spot, Nolan Smith from Georgia, mm-hmm. uh, he would be one, an edge, edge guy that would that they may pick up there. I think that's a big need for them. Yeah, and as they look to restructure that defense and they lost their defensive coordinator. So there's going to be some changes in that in the Eagles defense. I think they go defense heavy in the draft. Mm-hmm. And, you know, two points I just brought up. Is it the chicken or the egg, which came first? Is Jalen Carter dropping mostly because quarterbacks are moving in the top five or are there five projected quarterbacks go in the top five because Jalen Carter kind of moved out? Uh, I'm not I'm not sure this is a very top heavy quarterback draft. Um between CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levitz, Anthony Richardson, I think those are home run picks regardless. I I don't think they're going to be busts. I'm not saying they're going to be Hall of Famers or anything, but I think you have uh, I mean the the worst not the worst one out of there, but the biggest risk out of there I think would be uh Anthony Richardson just cuz he he doesn't have a lot of playing time. He yeah. played one. He, I think thirteen starts is what he has, and it's hard compared to Bryce Young, who started multiple years. Will Levitz, who started multiple years. Uh, there's something to be said for those three, four year starters. Um, although, I think what you've seen talent wise, what he can do. Uh, we're talking about uh, Richardson. You got. He's going to go top five. I believe that's a risk worth taking. I think yeah. when you have a top five. Uh, again, going to my draft mentality, if you have a top five pick and you don't have your quarterback outside of your quarterback getting hurt, that's why you have the top five pick. You always go quarterback just because of the value you're going to get from it regardless because you're paying top price, uh, top money to a top five pick. Yeah. That the value's there because you're paying quarterbacks now $30, $40 million a and year. Let's, let's keep an eye. <clears throat> excuse me. Let's keep an eye on the Tennessee Titans as we get closer to the draft and maybe even on draft day, see if they don't try to move up to pick a quarterback as well. Um, you know, we could see them maybe trying to move up and take one of these guys we're talking about, or even Will Levis from Kentucky, see if he may, uh, they may pick him up, but I, I think they're going to try to make a move to go for a quarterback as well. Will Levis, uh, uh, personally, <laughs> I think his draft stock should drop. He should move down far in the draft uh, just because <clears throat> how he takes his coffee with mayonnaise. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I heard that and I thought it was a joke at first, but he legitimately, you know, on that, I've, that should hurt your credit score. I've heard that it's, it, and I haven't tried it, is to add a little bit of splash of orange juice in your coffee. I don't, and that's actually, it actually, it helps like it would activate like a creamer type. 
I don't know. We'll have to try Outside that. of going to Starbucks <clears throat> where I'll order my drink, I don't do anything with my coffee. I drink black coffee in general. Yes, it's terrible. I'm used to it, but it works. Uh, but orange juice, I can see. It's at least a breakfast drink. Uh, but I can't imagine. I mean, and it, it's, a, it's a drink. It's a liquid. Putting mayonnaise, which there's no history for mayonnaise being mixed with any drink not even alcoholic drink that that i know of uh but yeah so but i'd still take him uh comparable to josh allen what about you know let's talk a little bit of cowboys they've been hot in this offseason yeah um do we think they're gonna take Bijan robinson that's been the big talk will he be there for them i don't think he's gonna be there i think personally again going to my mentality draft mentality i don't think you should draft a running back in the top 10 because of what you're going to pay them in, in general. But mm-hmm. he is arguably the, the best player in the draft. Skill-wise, wh- wh- where he plays. Uh, there's been some mock drafts that have him in the top five. Uh, possibly the top ten. It, it, it depends. Like I said, if you go back to the Seahawks, who have two, number, two first-round picks. The Eagles, who have two first-round picks. You can spend your first-round pick on that. On a running back type. So we talked about yeah, I mean, possibly think... Jalen Carter going at the Eagles at number ten. Yeah. If I was the Eagles and uh, at number ten, I might draft Bijan Robinson just because you have another first round pick. The only issue is they really need to spend those first two first round picks on defense. Yeah, and they they have to rebuild that defense. I think they're going to be focused there. I don't think it's enough need for them. Which I'm I'm a hundred percent for. You draft the best player available, no matter what the need is. But especially in the first round or an early pick. But the Eagles need they they want to recap the season they had last year and try to make another Super Bowl run. They're going to to do that, they're going to have to rebuild that defense. They're going to have to beef that thing back up for what they lost in the offseason. And the Cowboys, they're looking and, and could the Cowboys try to make a move to trade up if they feel like he may go? Because they they're looking for a running back replacement. They have Tony Pollard on the franchise tag coming but, off an injury. We but, don't know how do, can they get him signed before next year, or could they see Tony Pollard walk next year, and then what's the answer? So I think their thought is, and what the rumors are, is you draft Bijan Robinson now, and that's your quarter, or that's your running back for the future, and you're preparing, which I think he'll have an immediate impact this year. And you saw how they ran the offense last year with Ezekiel and Tony Pollard, that two-headed monster. I think it worked well for the Cowboys. I think that's going to be the same route they're looking to take with Bijan Robinson there. I think he would definitely be uh, an upgrade at the position. I mean, even if Pollard's on 100% when he comes back, yeah. uh, Pollard Bijan is going back to Pollard Zeke's rookie year. And I think Bijan may even be better than that. Yeah, uh, You absolutely have to take him if you're the Cowboys, if he's available at 26. Uh, for the main point being, you're arguably your two, your top two off-season needs where you had big holes, you filled. Yeah. And Stephon Gilmore at cornerback uh, and Brandon Cooks at receiver. Now, you're looking at what are, you, what are your biggest, your biggest need right now is probably left guard. Yeah. If you can draft a, a Pro Bowl caliber left guard in his rookie <clears throat> year, that would be a home run pick. But you have options there, whether you want to, you know, put Terrence Steele there. Honestly, I think Cleve Terrence Steele, where he's at, he's coming off injury too. You don't want him messing around with a new position. Yeah. You know 
uh, Tyron Smith, whatever you're going to get from him, 10 games, hopefully is, is where you're at. Probably more like six to eight games, but I put uh, Tyron Smith back at left guard and uh, Tyler Smith, I mean, excuse me, at left tackle and Tyler Smith at left guard because he's practiced some. You saw him mess around with playing left guard. Uh, I think if Bijan Robinson's there, you draft him, you can mess around with the def- with the offensive line. And then defense, interior defense, you're talking about defensive tackles. I think that's our second need. You could probably get a, a good player there later in the draft. Well, back to the running back. If the Cowboys draft Bijan Robinson, is that a plane ticket out of town for Tony Pollard? <clears throat> do you keep two young running backs? Do you pay two young running backs? Because you know eventually you're going to have to pay Bijan Robinson. Do you pay Tony Pollard what he's probably going to want? You don't, uh, because he's <clears throat> not going to want anything less than ten million a year. So I think this probably this franchise tag, and unless you don't draft Bijan Robinson, Tony Pollard, they're probably going to try to work a deal to bring him back next year. And in future years on another contract. Uh, let's see how he, depending on how he plays off the injury, uh, it's going to be different making him the main running back. I know if you talk about carry-wise or touch-wise, he was right up there with Zeke. It was about 50-50, but he wasn't the main guy. He wasn't starting he wasn't every back. Yeah. There's going to be uh, There's going to be a difference there. We'll see how he does and then how much money he wants. Uh, Bijan, it's a whole nother story. I don't know that you pay him a second contract. It depends how you use him. If you run him in the ground like Ezekiel Elliott, yeah, he may not be. But but then again, I say four years from now, five years from now, where is he at? But he's probably going to want a contract extension three years from now, like like Zeke did. That's how so. I think I think that. that dictate to me that shows what the Cowboys, the moves that they should be making, is they need to make a hard run for Bijan Robinson. You bring him in, you plan on him being your future back. You see where Tony Pollard's at this year. And assuming, which I would have to assume he's going to want a big contract, you just have to let him walk. You stick with Bijan Robinson, and then you look in two years to draft another. And and I think that's the, and that we've seen that in the NFL. You just have to have these revolving running backs. Maybe Bijan Robinson comes in and, and has a successful enough career, and he's still, you know, Ezekiel Elliott was on the downfall when he signed his new contract. Yeah. He was already spent before he ever signed that contract. That contract should have never been signed yeah. with the Cowboys. So they should have brought somebody else, another power back in that maybe just had a couple years left in their legs, you know, in free agency. Effective running backs you can get in the second or third round of every draft. Uh, that's why usually I'm against drafting running backs early on. But when you have the opportunity to get it back like Bijan Robinson, uh, you take it because yeah. that's – that's one. Uh, that's one of few downfalls for the Cowboys this year, uh, position wise. I think uh, your defense is for the most part set. If you could just uh, have some sense of defense of the defense you had last year, I think you're good. Uh, you obviously have a, a decent enough court. I think he's a great quarterback, but Dak Prescott, everyone agrees, above average quarterback. Regardless, you if you say he's below average quarterback. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. He's threw a lot of interceptions last year, but that's not typically him. We just had to figure out what 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 happened there. Um, a decent offense, offensive line, uh, one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. And then if you could add Bijan Robinson to that, I think you have a top five offense and top five defense. Yeah. 
I think if the Cowboys want to make a legitimate run, which is what they've said for the past two decades, <laughs> but if this is really time, I think this Cowboys team could be a team to make the run. Now, are there questions in Dak? Obviously, yes. But we've seen t- tons of teams make with lackluster quarterbacks, with at par at best quarterbacks, they have made it to the Super Bowl and won Super Bowls. So, you know, you look at someone, the Buccaneers with Trent Dilfer, um, a Joe Flacco. I mean, these guys, those guys are not superstars by any means. They're solid quarterbacks, but not superstars. Dak is above and beyond Joe Flacco and Trent yeah. Dilfer. I know what you the point you're trying the to make. Team, you're coming back the team, to the team you build around them is what's going to dictate. You know, a lot of blame gets put I on. I mean, Baltimore. A uh, lot of blame gets put on Dak for the way the offense ran. A lot of the play calling was some of the problems there. Yeah. And we'll see a change there this year, hopefully for the better for the Cowboys. But also, when you have no other receiving threats, it's really hard to get the ball to your star receivers. When you have Joey Gallup coming in, and best case, I think he's a number three receiver in this yeah. league. Maybe he, even he's a number four guy. I don't he know that say, he, he could say was healthy, not the number Mike, two guy they were looking when for. When he could say he, uh, healthy, Michael Gallup was a great receiver when uh, he's a good you, had, option. you had Amari Cooper mm-hmm. uh, and you had C.D. Lamb at number two. We, we've seen it before you got C.D. Lamb that he didn't do great as a number two behind Cooper. No. And last year he didn't do great, although mm-hmm. a lot of injury concerns. He's coming back from injury, so you yeah. obviously don't want him as your two receiver. Uh, I think... Which you bring in Brandon Cooks, which is a good pickup for them. And um, you're in a, personally, I think you're in about a two-year window with the Cowboys, depending on what, what you can mess around, because you have Dak, regardless, for the next couple of years. You can't trade him, cut him. There would be no point in that unless you're tanking for the next five years. Um, you're not you're not going to be able to get a different quarterback. Um, you're going to have to pay C.D. Lamb probably next year. Micah Parsons, who knows if he wants his paycheck next year. You're going to have to pay a lot of players. And maybe they can finagle and buy a couple more years out of that, uh, depending on what if those players sign somewhat team friendly deals. Yeah. Uh, but you have a window right now. We have a great defense, uh, borderline great offense, and let's just see if you, I'd be happy if they draft a left guard yeah. uh, in the draft. I'd be ecstatic if they draft Bijan Robinson. Uh, outside of that, I don't know what other. I mean, they put themselves in a position where they can draft best player available. Yeah. In general, uh, they don't have to stretch just to draft a need position. No, because, because any player they it. can, any player they can pick now, will be, will be effective in in any position. Whether it's running back, even if they were to pick up another receiver, could be a third receiver for the team. Just because they filled that Late position the at cornerback, they filled that position at offensive receiver. line, defensive tackles. Um, I mean, you could pick up a linebacker. You know, yeah. uh, safety, you know, that might be a need that the Cowboys do have. But some, some you, fans I think say at this quarterback. Point, I think at this point you pick best available at every position throughout the entire draft where you're at, and you build some depth on this team. And draft Hendon uh, Hooker if he goes past the third round. <clears throat> why wait, Why not? <laughs> I don't think he'll make it that long. Some, some experts have him going number five. So you want to transition to some MLB? Opening day. Opening day, two yeah, days so ago. Today, we're we're going to have every team play again. Uh, they, they started a weird thing where everybody plays on opening day, and then half the teams played yesterday, but everyone's back in action today. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we can start right here in Arlington, our hometown Rangers, on opening day. 
took uh, care of the Phillies. An odd win. The, it was an odd win. We didn't. Who expected that the offense, that the bats would bring you to that win with the pitching we brought in? That Degrom didn't have his best outing. I mean, he <clears> did have seven strikeouts and and not quite four innings. Uh, weird stat. He played. You know, he played for the Mets <clears> in the uh, NL in the NL East. So he was he was no stranger to the Phillies. In his entire career, I don't remember how many at bats it was, but it was in 400 plus. He had given up one triple to a Phillies hitter, and then in the third <clears throat> inning, opening day, he gave up two back-to-back triples, so and, and gave up four runs. Um, not a great outing for him, but his velocity was there. He was in the triple digits a lot of times. Like I said, he had a lot seven. of the. A strikeouts of, i'm not worried about it but yeah the bats definitely came alive the bats brought him through Degrom didn't have a terrible day i mean some of the base hits that he was giving up were dinks and dunks i mean these yeah. guys are they weren't just lighting him up that's, that's and that's not sta- and that stadium is not a pitcher friendly stadium yeah. uh i mean in terms of home runs it is but it's not hard to stretch doubles to triples yeah in a globe life field it's pitcher friendly like you're not going to give up a ton of home runs but that's just because there's a lot of area around there. And if you give up little dinks in certain parts of the ballpark. Yeah, they can hit into the deep corners. and the That's where singles turn into doubles, doubles turn into triples. Yeah. And let's not forget, this is the defending NL champs. <clears throat> a team who had never, entirety of last year, didn't give up more than seven runs. And they gave up 11 runs to the Rangers so in the first game. Who would have thought the Rangers right now atop the AL West after one game? A little over, you know. Let's. Is that a stretch? I mean, you have Rangers and Athletics at the top of this division. The athletics, man, it's <laughs> soon to be Las Vegas Athletics is, is my call. But if we're going over exaggerations or early on uh, dramatics, San Diego Padres are open too. So the Colorado Rockies, yeah, those uh, some some pick as the favors favorites in the NL to go to the World Series. Uh, probably competing with the Yankees for the biggest uh, what, biggest team salary. Back to Oakland. Did you see this Anthony Rendon altercation with a fan? Where I, the, apparently it was the an fan, in Oakland, was it? Yeah, it wasn't Oakland, was it? Not? You're you're nowhere near the fans in Oakland, though. You got so much you know, the fan, foul line. How, the fans, it was right where the players leave the dugouts. That there, makes sense. Going into the locker room. And... I guess apparently a fan called him something and he wasn't happy and they got into each other's face at the railing. Anthony Rendon grabs the fan's shirt and is pulling him into the railing. And then they're, you know, going back and forth. And then as he lets go of the guy, he takes a swipe at his head. So we'll see what major league. I don't, I haven't seen that it's been announced of any, um, any fines or suspensions with that. But I mean, absolutely. That was a wild event. I mean, the season's just started. Just remember, uh, reminds me, I don't remember who the pitcher was, but a Rangers pitcher throwing a chair into the stands and hitting one of the Oakland fans. I just remember their bloody nose. And uh, that's a, I mean, you don't think of Oakland fans in general because the team's just so bad they don't spend enough money. Uh, But you got to remember that's where the black hole was, Oakland Raiders. So that's that's when you think of the Philadelphia Phillies or the 76ers. That's Philadelphia Eagles fans for the most part. So it, you don't think about that in transition between sports and fans. So it gets a little wild there. And and I can only imagine that uh, you, as a fan of the Oakland A's, you'd be drinking a lot. 
in one of the worst franchises in baseball. Not necessarily just performance, because they have some weird years where they, they do really well. Yeah. Uh, but they don't spend any money. The owner doesn't really care to spend money because they can't get a new stadium. The stadium's just, just awful. They don't want to upgrade it. They're just in that weird sense. That's what I'm saying. They're going to Las Vegas sooner or later. Uh, so what... As a fan going to those games, what you're going to have altercations when you put that. I'm assuming that per, that uh, person was inebriated. Oh, I'm sure. Are there any surprises you see this so far in the MLB season? Any teams that you think, man, they might be turning it around or this team might be falling apart. They're not what we thought they were. It's so early on. Uh, <clears throat> you can't, you can't say anything. Um, you can't can't be overzealous there, but I, I guess the Padres, just because it's against the Rockies, uh, who nobody's picking to come out of the NL West. Yeah. And the Padres being so I mean, it's it's so hard to tell. It's two games. It's two games in for, for some teams. Some teams have only played one. Um but again, no team has ever gone an entire MLB season without losing back-to-back games. So yeah. I again, it's 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 probably way. Yeah, I mean, you would have thought that that would be so having this conversation in next NL, week might in the NL West. You would have yeah. thought that would have been flipped with the Rockies now are the top after two games, the top of the yeah. division, the Padres at the and bottom. How they lost? It's not like they lost some yeah. crazy wild game. They lost, I think, it was <clears> seven to one yesterday. The, the 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 bats you have in that lineup and uh, Sati still suspended. I don't know if that um, carried over. I, really I haven't even checked into that. I mean, I, I don't know if he's. Uh, I would assume he's still s- serving his suspension. Well, they they face off again today and tomorrow, so that'll be one to watch to see if if the Rockies can pull out this series or if the the Padres bounce back and even this thing up. A good transition as we get into the thread. <clears throat> did you see? And those I know they're not new. They probably wore the. I, I know I've seen them worn last year. The Padres uniforms are just awful. I think very few teams can pull off like a rainbow type (laughs) uniform. Uh, The Spurs are the only ones that I've said that that they look good. They can work. The team my son played for in the fall select team, they wore identical uniforms to those. They were called the Ballers, though. So it said Ballers on the front. And they have the same uniforms, the pink and the teal with the the bright colors and the gold trim. And And I know the uh, it wasn't really rainbow. It wasn't rainbow colors, but the Astros old uniforms, I think that works. Yeah, all the different colors, but th- this one, maybe maybe it's just because it's old school versus trying to do something new. <clears throat> it just did not work. I didn't like them, but I'm sure I'm sure there are a lot of people that love those uniforms. Yeah, I still like the old Padres, the the navy that they have. Yeah, I like those. That's because when our formative years, that's what they were wearing. That's what, that's what, what you. Those the ones that's we, what you feel. Which in our formative years, the ones that we really like, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. Yeah, and they actually debuted those last night. And they will actually they will wear every Friday night this season. Um, you can see that the old that that rainbow coloring on the Rays is, I mean, that that doesn't get any better to me. That just reminisces the chi- our childhood. I mean, I can remember even as a kid being even being a Texas Rangers fan, as bad as they've always been, and as hard as it is to be a fan of them. That hat I I bought a Tampa Bay. Devil Rays hat with that on it when I was a kid. Yeah. Just because of how cool that logo is. You know, what in 
I think you played on a team. I and played we, on we a T-Bowl team. Before. It was the black. It, it, we had black jerseys. Yeah. Uh, but it was the same hat. logo. But it was that yeah. colorful logo. I mean, that is so cool. And I think that's where, you know, you could probably go back to as a child. You know, we talked about last week with the Marlins and our younger brother played on the Marlins. Yeah. And, you know, that was just a cool thing. And you played on the Devil Rays. And at the same time, I played on the Cincinnati Reds uh team that's what we wore and actually at that time as a kid i became a cincinnati reds fan and followed the team for years i mean i, I still kind of call myself a cincinnati reds fan yeah as hard as it is to watch their games because the, you know they're not televised locally for us but i think those are things that are formative like you said that that resonate with you when you're a kid and those are the things you start to and and seeing all the uniforms now the way the teams are rolling these back out that brings back kind of some good childhood memories and, and some fun times as a kid being at ball fields and, and following these teams. And man, I love to see this. And last night, the Marlins wore theirs as well. Um, Cause they're wearing their, theirs every Friday night. Yeah. So these throwback uniforms. So I like it because uh, <clears throat> it looks, it's kind of like that off white. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the Rams wear it. I don't like it when the Rams wear it. They call it, I think bone white. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it works well with this. It's I think it's baseball. You're light. thinking like old uniforms. We're yeah. talking about yes. the new styles of uniforms don't look like we think they should. I guess everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But we're, we're you know we're talking about uh, new school versus old school. With baseball old yeah. school usually works yeah. when you're talking about uniforms, and I think yeah. it looks like a. A, maybe not grungier, but an older style. I wish that they would switch from what they are now. I'm not a fan, <clears throat> excuse me, of the Devil Rays or the Rays. New. They're not even Tampa Bay anymore. They're Tampa. I mean, yeah. Tampa Bay is not actually a city. Yeah. It's an area. Tampa but, is the name of the city. But I'm not a big fan of the Tampa their Rays. Current, not... Their current uniforms. Well, they're not even. I love the, these uniforms. They are, should go back to these. Are they the black even thing. really like Devil Rays anymore? Isn't Rays it's like just Sun Rays. Rays? Well, I know the team name oh, is I Rays. I don't even know. But just looking at the uniform, it's like, is it Sun it's, Rays? It's they still that, have the tank with the Devil Rays in there. But they've taken that away out of the logo. Yeah, I think they should go completely back to this. I think having the Devil Ray, the Ray across, the Stingray across the chest there with Devil Rays, the coloring goes great. You know, I, I can remember them wearing these with the black tops, the purple yeah. tops, um, and white it looks great, the grays. Which, speaking of the grays, you know, a lot of teams, and I think the Rays have done, they're going away from there because, as we talked about before, the teams are down to four uniforms. Yes. So they have a, several a gray, teams. a white, a, uh, <clears throat> one of their colors, and then a lot of teams alternate. do the powder blue. <clears throat> but they're going with the alternate, or they can have their City Connect or alternate. The Rays have actually gone away from their grays. They're not going to wear their all grays this year. They're, They're going to wear the navy top with gray mm -hmm. pants on the road. Then they have the white, the regular white, this white as their alternate. Uh, and I don't know the third one they have. I guess maybe they would do the dark top. They with have the white like pants. a. It's not quite powder blue, but I don't mind those colors. I think the color scheme works on their new uniforms, although it's it's powder blue colored with like purple as their logo. Uh, I don't mind there, but I think they used, they, they kind of implemented that blue when they were still the devil rays. And then they kind of just transitioned out of it. Um, I'm kind of one that's a fan of the powder blue uniforms. Uh, I know it looks good here in, the, in, in Dallas with the Rangers. Um, obviously the Royals have them. Uh, Toronto Blue Jays have them. 
Uh, yeah, I think teams like the Cardinals. You know, that's some of those Cardinals is kind of. I mean, no, I, I know it's classic. They used it. Yeah, that, it's an iconic. Those work. Look. Um, I think. You know, I couldn't see the Padres like we've talked about. The Padres. They have that weird look. UPS brown. Yeah. Work. Uh, the Diamondbacks. Their gray is like a dark gray. Uh, I don't know exactly what they it's call that it. Charcoal color. Yeah, yeah, it's like a charcoal color. Um, but yeah, these are these are. Sh- Again, when we talked last last week, it's weird to say iconic when it's thirty something from the mid nineties. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, but that this is what they started with. This is yes. their, this is their uniforms. This is their uh, their history. Yeah, I think this is this by far. I would put this, and and we're gonna get into that. You know, throughout the baseball season, uh, we'll come up here in a few weeks. We're gonna start ranking uh, MLB uniforms, and I would say these are gonna be. These are going to challenge any other uniforms for best in the MLB. I think they will. Are we going to rank these alternate uniforms? We're going to rank everything. Everything. We can rank all MLB uniforms. We do whatever we want. It's our show. You can bring them in. You can even bring back some that they're not wearing currently. We're going to rank all-time MLB uniforms. Maybe we do that next week for the thread. That That sounds really cool, but that's going to take some time to research... Uh, uniform because I can only think of a couple off the top of my head. Well, we'll roll out a few more the next week or two, and then we'll get into the the rankings. Let's let's, let's bring out a few more. Um, you've got a few teams that are going to be debuting um, uniforms this uh, this month. Uh, the Texas Rangers, like we've been talking about, they're going to be one of them this month. They're going to roll out their City Connect jersey. See what that that looks like, and we'll break it as soon as we see it. Yeah, we. The city, I guess you call it City Connect, just like the yeah, NBA calls them city jerseys. I think they've seen a lot of success pulling it out, uh, pulling out these random, uh, mm-hmm. random game uniforms. I, again, I like it. I think, uh, I think you should stick with your. I, I think again, like I mentioned it before, NBA wears alternate uniforms way too often. It kind of takes away, away from them. I'm a yeah. fan of white jerseys at home or whatever color you want to wear at home, but have two main uniforms mm-hmm. and then make special nights for certain. No, I think uniforms. I like the way the, the Marlins and Rays are both doing it. I know a lot of teams do it, but with these uh, throwback jerseys that they're wearing on Friday nights at home. Yeah. So, you know, if every MLB team would do something like that is pick certain days. Yeah, your games. The Rangers Monday, wear Monday their powder through blues Thursday, on Sunday home Monday games. through Thursday, just wear your regular stuff, whether you're on the road or at home. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, pick days and roll out these specialty uniforms. Make it fun for the fans on the weekends. Guys, thank you for tuning in to this episode of The Lead Off. You can follow us on all our social media platforms. Everything, all the links are down below. Um, Listen to us every Saturday morning right here. See you next Saturday.